do you feel like you don't have enough time? Perhaps you struggle with adversity or want to improve your morning routine. On this episode of the Get Invested podcast, Nikki Roche and myself talk about some of these core challenges, struggles, and issues that most people face at some point in their lives. Today we flip roles as Nikki interviews me. And for those of you that don't know, Nikki has three science degrees under her belt, plus 25 years of senior management experience at some of the biggest multinational corporations on the planet. And she's currently helping entrepreneurs and freelancers via the Small Business Drivers podcast. And I've been lucky enough to be on as a guest. I love helping other people to create intentional, well-designed lives. And in our conversation, Nikki traces my life, career, my learnings, and we dig into philosophical issues, challenges, and adversity along the way. During our conversation, you'll learn how to approach your vision if you're time poor, my philosophy on how to treat the people you work with, how turning a client or work down can sometimes be the best thing to do, the biggest obstacle I've faced in my career, and how I've learned from it, the importance of finding good mentors, how to grow and be a better person, why humility is such an underrated quality, and how to use adversity as a tool. Nikki is a great host, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Before we get into it, if you're a time poor professional who's interested in investing but don't have the time, you don't have the expertise, you don't know where to start, and you don't know who to trust, then grab a copy of my book, The Freedom Formula, that gives you all of the know-how. You can check it out at www.bushymartin.com.au or email me at hello at khgroup.com.au. That's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au and mention Get Invested for a special bonus. I might add that all of the proceeds of the book are going to Living It Rough and Doing It Tough, a really dedicated group who provide for the needs of the homeless and their pets. So please get involved. And now, I hope you enjoy this interview. Sure. So it's an awareness of the choices that you are making, and it's a creation of a new habit to make sure that the choices are, are ones that take you forward and not take you backwards. And it's literally as simple as that. And I suppose we always try and overcomplicate things. And sometimes life just comes down to the decisions that we make. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share great conversations with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know-how on where they invest their time, their skills, and their money and the benefits that this has created. You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you to start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You will hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less, and leave a living legacy by investing now. Listen to the show to discover the top tips on how to get started, make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately to be living your dream, not someone else's. More episodes can be found on iTunes or at bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. Thanks for listening, and now let's get invested. Bushy, it is really, really magic to have you here with us today, and I'm excited to hear your story. Welcome aboard, and thank you very much for taking the time to be here. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, really appreciate the opportunity to have a chat. 
just to give our audience some context of who you are, can you just give us a little bit of a, a background on where you've come from and the journey that got you to the point that you're at today? Yeah, sure. I, I guess my uh, from your intro, it's fairly obvious that my passion has always been property. And as a as a very young person who was always creative and and loved property, even from that early age, given the induction that my good father gave me to it. Uh, initially, my life was about designing buildings that were going to make a difference, and I jumped on the corporate banner, and I had a couple of attempts at um, my own business on the way to joining some international design firms, which was uh, exciting when I was single, uh, difficult and challenging when I was married, and uh, I guess I got to a stage where um, working seven days a week, 14 hours a day, uh, it, it really got to a point of unsustainability. I lost my first marriage as a, a big contributor to that. That forced me to really wake up and have a look at where life's leading and, and to learn some lessons. So I guess the, one of the key things I've taken away today is that adversity is the, the crucible of opportunity. And uh, when you're at your lowest, that's when you have to get uh, the most creative in terms of looking at where to from there. And uh, I was fortunate enough at that stage to um, get the message around the importance of passive income, that being income that you can create that doesn't rely on you to generate it, uh, or income that's derived from when you're sleeping, essentially. So uh, that, at the very last step, gave me the opportunity to have a think about how I can make property both a uh, an opportunity to create the lifestyle that I I wanted to enjoy in conjunction with my good wife, Sonia, but also to then uh, use our own experience to help others do the same. So uh, 16 years ago, as you've mentioned, we started with absolutely nothing and around the, the, a fireside restaurant with a glass of wine and a serviette, we pretty much painted our vision of how we wanted to live. We've worked very hard to accumulate uh, the properties and, and supporting businesses that have helped that. So uh, I guess our view is if we're going to do something, we want to know everything about it. And so we've uh, put together the process that involves getting clear around what you want to do, looking at the capability, financing it, um, having independent project managers deliver properties for other people. And then uh, we also own a, a property management business locally, which helps people to then manage the properties ongoing. So it's, it's worked very well for us. It's, it's now exciting for us to be able to help others achieve their own lifestyle goals through the same process. And um, we're really excited about the future in relation to how we're going to leverage and grow that opportunity for everyday Aussies around the country. And Bushy, I know there's another level to what you're saying because I, I do have some understanding of you in a personal capacity. And there is something different about your approach that you take in helping others achieve financial success through property. I, I think you don't from what I understand of your um, your vision and the person that you are, it's not purely about the numbers and it's not purely about providing them with a, with a map on how to get from A to B. What do you think is different about your approach in the way that you deal with your customers? Yeah, you've hit it on the head. and It's Sonia and I who are both very actively involved in the business and, and I guess that uh, we treat everything as a family. So uh, the team that we've got on board with us is our family and the people that we help are our extended family. And it, it comes down to uh, seriously caring and wanting to help people 
live the way they want to live. And I, I guess the thing that that uh, we've come to see over time is that people either don't have the time or they don't spend the time thinking about exactly what is important to them and then getting clear around exactly how they want to live and then as a flow on from that looking at how how are they going to get to that point so I, I guess a lot of our business is, is shaped around helping people to get really clear on what their own vision of their life is. And everyone's different. There, there's no one size fits all with any of this, but helping them to get very clear around what that looks like and then providing them with the arms, legs and the means to actually make it happen. Because as we all know, everyone is time poor. And uh, what we've found over the last 10 years is that while people have an interest in doing something to help themselves, they often don't have the time or the means to make it happen. So I guess our business has really been built around becoming the trusted advisor and the guide for those who do want to get clear on what life is and then providing them with the means and the ability to deliver that opportunity through property while they continue to do what they're doing. So I think that the big thing here is I hear a lot of these get-rich-quick schemers talking about how you've got to leave your job and you've got to um, jump in and you've got to become a developer. And uh, Our belief is that's not the case at all. There's, there's everyday Aussies who, if they're happy in their jobs, and there are people who are quite content in their jobs uh, but are scared about uh, what life's going to look like in the future, and uh, we provide a, a parallel means, I guess, of making that happen quietly while they continue to do what they do well and spend their their own limited free time with friends and family, uh, feeling confident in the fact that their future's actually been looked after. Is it, has that answered your question? It Nick? does. It does very much so. And I'm going to pick up two words that you used in your introduction where you said specialist enabler, because from the way I see it, you help people or enable people to achieve their dreams it's not you do not help people buy property you might be doing it through the vehicle of purchasing property and managing it into the future but it is more an emotive um, delivery on for them achieving their dreams which is quite extraordinary and given that um, you'd probably have to work with people and get them to understand their dreams. Have you ever turned away a client because purchasing a property is not aligned with um, their dreams? In other words, they came to you and said, this is what I want to do. You could have sold them the property if you'd needed to, but you didn't because it wasn't aligned with what um, their vision for their own future was. All the time. All the time. Uh, the... I guess over the over the journey, and it's 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 what I love about having your own business. That it's it's a a journey of self discovery every day. And uh, after after some trips and turns, and in early days in business, you convince yourself that you've you've got to do all business, and you soon find out that uh, that's a recipe for disaster, both for you and the people that you're you think you're trying to help. So uh, gone are the days where we convince people of anything. All, all we really do is provide them with the information to make informed decisions and the clarity around what's important to them. And it all boils down to, and this, this sounds uh, a bit hate, but it all boils down to getting really crystal clear on what your values and beliefs are and then surrounding yourself with people who share those values and beliefs. And uh, where I think a lot of mistakes are made are uh, business for business sake. So 
there are a lot of people that I've met who, after sitting down and have a cup of coffee with them and talking through and, and trying to understand what they're doing, it's become quite evident that uh, they're in a different place to where we are. And I, I'm quite happy to shake their hand and say, uh, thanks for the opportunity to meet. I think uh, we're on different paths. And uh, I guess that, that philosophy rolls through everything we do in the business. It's if, if we're not going to connect and respect each other in relation to what we do and how we can help them, we're actually better off uh, respecting each other by moving on. And, and there's a lot of people who, who just don't fit the mould and we're quite happy to point them in other directions. That's a fundamental explanation. And I think a lot of people actually do miss that because if your um, purpose for your business was to sell property to people, you would accept every client. But if your purpose is to help people move forward in their own life, um, you can actually turn those clients away, which is a more sustainable business model. Um, And I think a lot of people actually miss that point. And it's quite simple, um, but fundamental in its own right. Totally agree. Totally agree. And Bushy, just looking and going back to you and Sonia 16 years ago when you were sitting in that restaurant with that napkin and mapping out your own vision, what has been the biggest obstacle that you've had to deal with in the last 16 years to get to the point you're at now and how have you overcome it and how have you learned from it? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question um, because I, I don't think there's any one single challenge that, that has actually defined what we're doing, it's it's a constant series of them. And uh, I think before we even started the business, it was all of those obstacles and, and times of adversity that shaped us to be ready to do what we're doing. So it's a bit of a tapestry in that regard, Nikki. Uh, yes, there has been a, a number of them that, that have been instrumental in that regard. And, and uh, I probably want to go back in the past because that – Help, has helped shape us to get us in a position where we've actually been ready and clear on what the business needs to do. And um, as an architect, for example, when I was 24, I opened my own practice in conjunction with a, um, a friend of mine uh, who was a lot older than me. Uh, I got taken to the cleaners. and I won't go into a great detail on that other than to say that I was very naive and, and overly trusting without really doing my due diligence at that stage but uh, a great learning curve. And uh, that, that's sort of helped me to, uh, again, be very careful about who I decide to associate myself with. So that was, that was one of the, uh, the key aspects that, that started to shape my thinking. Um, the other was uh, there was a period of time when I was um, uh, approached by the Commonwealth Government to come on board as a private sector executive management team to help... Uh, start running the Australian Construction Services Group nationally as a true business rather than as a government department. And it wasn't long into that exercise that um, it became clear with a change in government to the Liberals that they wanted to actually privatise and sell off that government department um, as a going concern. Uh, One of the biggest challenges that I faced at that point in time was coming in as the the Johnny-come-lately newbie to a bunch of public servants who'd been in their jobs for 25 up to 30, 40 years, uh, having to, uh, we, it was my job personally to terminate about half of the people in the organisation. Sure. And uh, I can't tell you how stressful that was for me, but also for the people that I had to look in the eyes and say, I'm sorry, your lifetime job is gone. 
um, seeing people scream, cry, yell, uh, be dragged from the room, and and then those that survived that process hate me forever for uh, taking away their friends and taking away their their um, lifetime job security uh, is probably the most challenging thing that's ever happened to me. And I, and I actually I had a mental breakdown as a as a consequence of that. Um, very fortunate to have someone along my side at that point in time who was actually the uh, Canadian who was sent out to help manage that process. Uh, he helped me uh, really take a sabbatical and, and do a, a master's in business for 12 months while I healed the wounds. And then at that point was ready to give away architecture because that whole process had scarred me. And it had opened my opportunity to getting life right because it was at the same time that I lost my marriage and uh, my father had cancer. And that it's funny how these things all come together to really put you in a state where you're actually open to look at where to from here. So that, that was the preparation. And then in starting the business, Nikki, I guess the, uh, the biggest challenge we've come across is ourselves. So and what I mean by that, as entrepreneurs, uh, you tend to be want to get involved in absolutely everything and control everything, or at least in my case, that's that's the way. I'm lucky that I've got a Sonia and I a bit of a yin and yang in that regard. But um, uh, the biggest challenge for me is letting it go and getting it out of the way. So uh, if if we're clear on our values and beliefs and then we surround ourselves with people who share those values and beliefs, the best thing I can do is to uh, let them go, do what they're good at, and then just get out of the way. So that continues to be an ongoing challenge. It's, it's not one event, but it, it, it's a, a challenge that we continue to face as we, um, as we, we build the business day to day. And all of those obstacles are actually what you've that you've overcome are the things that make you who you are today and they, the wisdom and the maturity and the experience that you bring into the way that you lead your business today, which makes it probably one of the fundamental reasons why it's a success. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it was Kerry Packer, who's, the legend has it, that one of the questions he used to ask people when he was deciding whether he wanted to invest in a new business opportunity was how many times have you failed? And if the person said, well, I can proudly say I haven't failed, he, he never inve- invested a cent in, in those potentials because he knew that uh, out of adversity comes the resilience, the maturity and the empathy to be able to deal with difficult situations, to work your way through them and to lead and, and have people follow you during the darkest of times. And I guess... Uh, with a, the benefit of hindsight, it, it's been each of those what some people would call failures. I, I call them learning events uh, that have a, a occurred along the, the journey that have really helped us to put us in a position where we, uh, I guess, recognise that everyone's in a different place. And uh, by taking a specific approach to someone's needs, you can develop a path and a process that's going to help them get to where they would get other than what I used to think when I was a young man, that is that my way was the right way and, and I knew and everyone else didn't, which is, is probably typical of, of people who are a little bit idealistic. I, it's certainly rounded my view now so that we're, we're better listeners than we are talkers in that regard. Wow, yeah, lots of nuggets of gold in that last paragraph of thinking. And 
Bushy, I know that you're a person that surrounds yourself with like-minded people. What is your view on mentorship? Have you had any significant influences along this journey that have helped solidify your learnings, helped bridge your knowledge gaps or helped you grow and be a better person that has allowed you to be present in the business that you've built today? Absolutely. Uh, a whole series of them, Nikki, there's no, no doubt about it. I, I've been very fortunate to uh, rub shoulders with uh, a lot of people along the journey. I, I am an avid reader, so I guess the, the usual suspects of n- not really uh, – mentors but role models in my mind based on their legend status have, have, have been the ones like uh, Abraham Lincoln and Gandhi and the things I admire most about those people is not what they did but the humility with which they did it. I think humility is the character trait that's most missing in our current society because everyone wants to beat their chest and say how good they are but for me uh, the people I admire most are the ones who have had the biggest impact with the with the least noise and those that, that give without ever expecting anything in return. And I think uh, people like Lincoln and Gandhi are, are standout um, examples of that. But in terms of real mentors, I guess they're much closer to home in actual fact. And again, it, it's by luck more than good virtue, I think, that, that the two major influences in my life are, have been three, actually. My father... Uh, so my father, uh, in his own right, uh, was a very hard worker, but he suffered some major health issues late in his life, and uh, he was the first one to grab me by the throat and and say to me, son, learn from me, don't do what I did. Uh, you need to be doing things differently. Uh, so he, he was, and that was, again, at the time where I was at a fairly low ebb, so he uh, important lessons that I had the, the opportunity to learn from my good father, Bushy Senior. Um, the second person who's uh, been instrumental in that regard is uh, my good wife's father, George. Now, uh, if we talk about turning adversity into advantage, he's, he's, I've never met anyone who's been able to work through the way he has. He's a Hungarian gentleman who, uh, at the age of four, saw a Russian soldier uh, killed in his kitchen as his father put an axe through his head to save the family and bury the body uh, under the floor. Um, So at a very early age, I guess there's recognition there that uh, you've got one life, you might as well be living it pretty well. He then, at the age of 15, uh, broke through the borders to get across to Germany, ultimately to Holland and marry his first wife, who died in a car accident at his hands with four kids. He then had the opportunity to emigrate to Australia, arrived here with the shed on his back and four kids in tow and nothing else. Um, from that very meagre start, he ended up having 12 kids. Um, wow. And so obviously wow. Make, wow. make his mark in that regard and clearly not much television around at that time, Nikki. No, but, no. Um, I guess what I've, I've seen with him is that uh, he he saved enough money to buy a fish and chip shop. From a fish and chip shop, he went to a restaurant. From a restaurant, he went to hotels. From hotels, he then got into um, real estate at one stage of his uh, life, selling hotels around the country. He invested in real estate himself. 
He bought a supermarket to feed the family. He had a, a chicken farm to feed the family. Uh, he had a, a major heart attack at the age of 40 and went cold turkey uh, at that stage for 18 months, eating steamed vegetables and walking 20 kilometres a day to get him, himself back on track. He's seen the highs and the lows. He uh, invested heavily in the Gold Coast and owned uh, multi-storey buildings in the Gold Coast only to see those taken away from him and destitute when the property crashed in the late 80s. But he has this ability to dust himself off, to learn from it, and that the biggest thing I've taken from him is no fear. It's one life. I've got one life to live. What's the worst that can happen? If I don't die, I can learn from it and I can move on. And, and he's been just inspirational for me. The other person, the last one that's been very inspirational, very close to hand, is my good wife. And I guess um, I'm, I'm very lucky in that uh, she, she's inherited that uh, attitude from her good father. And as a sounding board for each other, it, it helps keep us on track. So uh, when I feel alone, and everyone has these times as when you own your own business, she has an ability to break through that and put a smile on her face. And similarly, um, we help each other in that regard. So I'm very lucky that day to day I've got a mentor who's living with me that we're working together and, and in a spirit of fun that allows us to ride over the the, um, the waves and the, and the potholes uh, knowing that we're actually going to get through it okay. And here's a question for you. You, you talk about your father-in-law and his reaction to extreme adversity. Now, what do you think is the difference between the person that curls up and literally dies inside and becomes nobody or a drug addict or whatever they may be to the to the person that your father-in-law clearly is where he used adversity to as a tool to make sure that he would never be in that position again I would imagine it probably gave him some strength and the fuel to his fire do you think you're born like that or do you think do you think that he had someone in his life that helped him be that person Yes, I, I don't know enough about his extended family because uh, he's the only one who came out to Australia. But I, I, I don't think, yes, people can be born with it, but I also think that because it's all about how you respond to situations and I think that's something that can be learned. So, uh, I, I, again, I don't want to generalise too much here, but I think we're so comfortable in Australia and the safety net is so strong the people are too scared to have a go at times. And uh, because we've got it so good, what would ne- never have been a problem in the past is perceived as a problem now. And people choose their response. So they can respond to something and call it a problem or they can respond to something and call it an opportunity. And that that's the only difference between my father-in-law, George, and others who... Unfortunately, I think it's a bit of a growing victim mentality amongst a lot of Australians just because we've had it so good. So uh, is it born in? Yes, maybe. Uh, can you change your response to situations? Absolutely. Because I think we've all been in, in positions where uh, it would be very easy to throw in the towel and uh, then there'll be some something or someone who will get you to lift your sights and then think about things differently. So uh, because I'm a lifetime learner, Nikki, I, I think there's something I can learn every day. I, I do think that habits can be changed. It's just a matter of being determined to change them and then working hard to make that happen. For sure. So it's an awareness 
of the choices that you are making, and it's a creation of a new habit to make sure that the choices are, are ones that take you forward and not take you backwards. And it's literally as simple as that, and I suppose we always try and overcomplicate things, and sometimes life just comes down to the decisions that we make. Absolutely. And, and we'll, we make, all of us make bad decisions at times, but it's, again, how we respond to those and learn from those and move forward with those that, that makes a difference. For sure, for sure. And Bushy, when you get up and you're having a bad day or the inner critic inside of you is having a field day and getting you down, what do you do to shift your mood? Yeah, okay. You're going to love this. Uh, I sing and dance like no one's watching, Nikki. That's the simple answer. I have an absolute love for music and and so does does Sonia. So uh, if I'm feeling down, I'll I'll put on some of my favourite music and I'll dance around like an idiot. Um, and it's music has always been an emotional mood changer for me. So uh, and and I'm renowned with the team here for if we've had a result, then I'll be dancing around the office um, uh, just for the fun of it, basically. But there's also some rituals that I guess that I've put in play that that uh, put my mind in the right place uh, right from the beginning of the day. So I'll get up early. I'll go to the gym. I normally spend an hour in the gym every day. Uh, I'll come home, I'll then do a guided meditation that focuses on gratitude uh, just to put the mindset in the right place. And then uh, over a leisurely breakfast, I'll I'll generally inspire myself by either listening to a podcast or a YouTube uh, excerpt or something that's that's going to just uh, help me um, uh, reinforce that positive mindset. And then I get stuck into the day. And that, I guess that morning ritual has been really useful for me in terms of putting the big rocks in early and then uh, setting up the day so that uh, it, it creates a, a sense of resilience that if something does occur during the day that's a, a challenge or a, an obstacle, then we've got the right sort of mindset to work our way through it. Yeah, it's starting the day with your agenda. And a lot of what you've said is actually um, written in the book, The Morning Miracle, which is, I don't know if you've read it, but it's almost, yeah, you should read it. It's actually a very easy read. Um, It's just called The Morning Miracle. And it's a very easy read. And it talks very much about having rituals in the morning, starting the day with your agenda, setting up your mindset right, so that the rest of the day flows on from there. And it's probably a habit that you've um, developed on your own accord through instinct. But there's actually some evidence behind it that actually proves that it's worked. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't read it, but and, well, it, it, it's worked. You're right. I, it's been trial and error for me, but I've just learned that that works really well. And and I'm and I'm a bloke, so I, I need to burn off energy early. It keeps me calm, gets rid of aggression. So getting into the gym first thing, uh, one makes me feel good about myself physically, and that that helps me mentally anyway. But it does burn out some energy, so that I'm I'm ready to tackle the day very calm and collected. And Bushy, the self-employment game can be a tough one. What would be your top three tips for longevity for those entrepreneurs out there? Top three tips, yes. Uh, it's hard to try and condense them down into top three tips, I guess, Nikki. But if I'm um, trying to put some shape around that, I guess the things that I would tend to focus on, getting very clear on your values and beliefs and then surrounding yourself with people who share them, and then getting a very clear vision of uh, what you want to do based on giving to others, not what you're going to get out of it. And then expecting and welcoming adversity as the real opportunities to grow. Uh, build a business that doesn't need you is something that I would also say. I, and we haven't got there yet, but we are working on a business 
based on getting people better than us in the business so that ultimately we can guide the business without having to be the business. So that's that, again, that's about letting it go and getting out of the way. Um, the other thing I would say is to be very selfish about what and who you allow into your life. So as I've said, start your day with gratitude rituals, stop listening to the news, eliminate naysayers and learn to say no to anything and anyone who doesn't reinforce your own values and beliefs. And finally, uh, leave everyone you touch feeling smarter and smiling. If you've, if you've got that in your head every time you talk to someone that you're going to leave them smarter and smiling, then you've added some sort of value to their day. Those are awesome. That's a great blog topic there in itself. You've put down a lot of key things that actually can make a big difference if people just listen, see the simplicity in, in them and just implement them. Well, there's no rocket science. No, I guess. you know what? There isn't, it isn't rocket science. I think that's what people always, they always try and think it has to be more difficult than what it is. And it isn't. It's just, it comes back to some basics. Absolutely. It's, it's doing them. It's the, it's, it's easy to listen to them and, and everyone goes along to events and listens and, and nods their head and walks away and doesn't do anything differently than what they've been doing because life gets in the way. I, I just think you've got to have the persistence to push through with some very simple things and it's amazing how much your life changes as a result. And Bushy, a business book. Have you got one business book or a personal growth book that you would like to recommend to our audience? I've got a library of them, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I would find it very difficult to condense to one, but if I was to lay out the, there's four books that have been instrumental to me along the journey, and because I, I guess I'm a believer that when the student's ready, the teacher arrives, as the old saying goes, and I'm a constant reader. I'm always reading three or four books at the same time, and, and depending on how I feel, I'll grab one, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing it all via Kindle these days, but... Um, because it's a lot easier to, to carry around. But there are four instrumental books, and I would read them in this order. The first one is Start With Why by Simon Sinek, because that's about getting really clear on your beliefs and values and using that as a compass for everything you do and every one that you introduce into your life. The second one that I've found really instrumental is uh, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holder. You're probably familiar with that one. Yes. And that's, that's, that's accepting that what gets in the way is the way. So there aren't any things such as problems, just opportunities, and that adversity is actually the breeding ground of advantage. The third one, which has been instrumental in uh, my change from uh, working in architecture to building this business is the old infamous Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's an oldie but a goodie. In that, I guess that was the the um, light bulb moment that went off in our head around being what I now call aggressively passive. You've heard of passive aggressives. We're aggressively passive. So everything we do is orientated around uh, passive income. It's got to be saleable and it's got to be saleable. So our our own property portfolio, our property management business, our finance business are all built around ongoing passive income and they're actual saleable assets so that you're putting yourself in a position where uh, your income is not reliant on you. And the last one that I think has been very instrumental with us is the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So that's that's about getting really clear on exactly how you want to live and creating the mechanisms that don't need you to fund your own lifestyle, as well as teaching you such great concepts as access versus ownership and the power of delegation to get your life back. So... They will be, if you read all of those in, in that order, I think you're putting yourself in a, a really good place. It's, it's certainly been fundamental to my learning journey along the way. 
and a very nice summary of actually all of that what we've spoken about today. Yes, you're right. Absolutely right. Actually, you're spot on. If you followed all of those those four, that's probably been the thread that's that's put the picture together for me. And Bushy, looking at where you and Sonia are placed in your business today, what is the most exciting thing that you have on your plate right at the moment? Yeah, well, we're at a really exciting place in the journey, Nikki. Uh, our vision, as we've termed it, is to create golden smiles so that we can then create golden smiles. And and that goes in hand in hand with our, our operating motto, which is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So... Uh, while property's been fantastic to us and we're very passionate about helping everyday Australians fuel their own ideal life by replacing their income and achieving their dreams through property uh, and our own experience has been the the leader in really helping people to get clear on their vision, identifying the gaps between where they want to be and where they are, creating a roadmap to get there and then having a trusted team of independents to actually make that happen. Uh, that's that's leading us into what we're uh, rolling out at the moment, which is our Living by Design program. And, and, and I, I guess up until now, we've been really helping people one by one uh, into properties one by one. What we're now wanting to do is leverage that message to to get the the opportunity out to a lot more Australians. And I guess we've been fortunate in the work that we've been doing with um, Jack Delosa and Andrew Morello's Entourage Entrepreneur Education Group because uh, that Living by Design program is going to be an integrated combination of a book that I'm currently writing called Healthy Wealth by Stealth and uh, that's going to be augmented with uh, webinars, videos, podcasts and intimate retreats where people can really take themselves out of the hustle and bustle and get crystal clear on exactly what they want to do, how they want to live and how they're going to get there. But the most exciting thing for us, so that's that's the first golden smile. That's putting golden smiles on the faces of everyday Australians to help them achieve their dreams. But the golden prize for us is the, the bigger golden smiles, and, and that's the um, group that we're, we're going to use the business to fund a, uh, a golden smiles care family that's going to bring together abandoned and rejected pets with old, lonely and forgotten widows and widowers in the community to restore smiles on the faces of the voiceless in their golden years. So for me, the the real vision is imagine an Australia where we no longer have thousands of pets being euthanised every week and old age depression and associated health costs are being minimised just by bringing together the abandoned and forgotten in loving companionship in in their final years. And as the old TEDx crew would say, for us, that's an idea that's really worth spreading. That's an amazing vision. And if somebody wants to find out a little bit more either about the work that you do or the work that you're doing with abandoned pets going forward, what is the best contact point for them to find you? Yes, well, we're in the relationship business ultimately, Nikki, uh, which is real people talking to real people. So we encourage people to pick up the phone uh, and call us on zero uh, eight. 8383 6190, that's 0883 6190, or email us on hello, that's H E W L O, at khgroup.com.au. Our website's currently going through an evolution, and it's not really where we want it to be at this stage. It will be in a month or two, but for us, that's always just been a supplementary complement 
uh, we, we would rather actually in, physically engage with people so that we can have an opportunity to listen to what's important to them. Fantastic. And for our audience out there, those contact points will be in our show notes. So there's no need to write them down if you're traveling in your car and <laughs> wanting to find a pen and paper. So they will be in our show notes. Our international audience, you add a 61 country code and you drop the zero for the telephone number. But that will be in the contact, um, the show notes. And Bushy, we've had so much, much that we've spoken about today that is inspirational. But if you had to leave with one final word of wisdom for those in business on their own entrepreneurial journey, what would it be? Well, I've probably covered it already, I think, Nikki, to be honest. Uh, if there's one thing that I think you need to take away with you is, is that you need to uh, give before you get. Uh, I just think we live in a, a me, 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 I, I, I world. So give before you get, and that's what's going to ultimately get what you want. Can, can I just uh, finish on a excerpt from Simon Sinek, where he talks about the concept of fulfilment through generosity, because again, I think it's something that's really missing, and it's it's all over our noses, but no one is actually getting it. And, and I'll just read directly from from what he says, and that is, do you know how to get fulfilment? You can be happy because you've done things. You can be proud because you've done things. You can be excited because you've had a big success. But do you know how you feel fulfilled? It's really simple. When you do something for someone else. It's the only way we get that feeling. Do you know why the statistics say that over 90% of people don't feel fulfilled by the work that they do? It's not because of the business. It's not because of the pay. It's not because of the benefits. It's because we don't help each other anymore. We sit in our cubes and we work. When we turn to somebody, it's because we need something or we want to get something. We don't put ourselves out there simply for no other reason than to help somebody else. And you know what generosity is? Generosity is doing something for somebody else without ever expecting anything in return, at no point ever. It's not an equation. It's designed to help you feel good because when we're in groups and we're surrounded by people who believe what we believe, trust emerges and our very survival and our success goes up. So make it about them, not about you. The fact of the matter is 100% of customers are people, 100% of clients are people and 100% of employees are people. People don't care how good your product is or how good your marketing is or how good your design is because if you don't help and understand people, you don't understand business. So my question is, what are you going to do to help the person next to you? I, I couldn't say it any better myself, Nikki. Wow. Bushy, I've got goosebumps. That is absolutely beautiful and it is a perfect way for us to end this very meaningful discussion and a great interview so thank you very very much for for taking the time to be with us um, i feel very privileged to have an opportunity to chat nikki and i look forward to catching with you again soon well freedom fighters how good was that to get a summary of all this investment gold in the show notes just email me on hello at khgroup.com.au that's h-e-l-l-o at khgroup.com.au or check us out at www.bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. I look forward to joining you next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. So thanks for listening and as always, dream as if you live forever and live as if you'll die tomorrow.